0: Sean. um, It might be a new series, but we're still in the same book as we've been for the last couple of months. Uh, Paul wrote a letter to a group of Christians that lived in a place called Galatia or a region called Galatia, which is modern day Turkey. And uh, if you could sum up the whole of that uh, letter to those people, it would be summed up in one word, freedom. Freedom. Now the problem is a Scotsman. When you hear the word freedom, thanks to Mel Gibson, you only think of one thing, freedom. But it's not that sort of freedom that we're talking about today. Um, you, you see, uh, Jesus had come into these people's lives, but some people from outside want to, to enforce a whole load of rules and regulations and law onto these people. If you were a Christian, Jesus was okay, but you needed all these other rules that you had to follow that... Uh, made a difference in your life. And uh, Paul is saying, this is not true. We live in a place where we follow Jesus. Uh, We have got grace in our life. The Christian life is not about following rules and regulations, but God's grace has come into our lives. We've been set free from all that stuff and we can live in a different way. And he moves through to uh, Galatians, and we call it chapter 5. It wouldn't have been that in the original, but chapter 5. And then he starts to move on to speaking to uh, his listeners to say how they should live in the middle of this freedom. With this freedom that they had been granted or given, how should we live in, with that freedom in our lives? And we've called it, it, called it supernatural living. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of the Bible and church and supernatural living. Maybe you think of all the miracles that Jesus did. Yes? Maybe you think about words of prophecy, healing, miracles, all the really cool stuff that goes on. Yes? Well, I don't believe that that is supernatural living. I believe that they are gifts of the Holy Spirit that come through us to other people. So it's not about living, it's being a conduit for the gift that somebody else needs, yes? So God using you in the gifts of the Spirit is not a mark of Christ's character in spiritual life on your, on your whole life character. and character. Uh, but when I read the fruits of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit... That I read of when that Paul's talking to about the Galatians, I see that as a way of life, of character. That's something that we live out every single day. And I thought, why think why that's so important? And to have spiritual fu- f- uh, fueled development of Christ like character in our lives is an important thing. Yes. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit over this next few weeks about what that spirit fueled character looks like um, I'm going to read first of all in Galatians 5:13. it says for you were called to freedom siblings or brothers and sisters don't use the freedom as an opportunity for the flesh that that we did a whole series on that a little while ago the flesh is that thing inside of you that what's in its own way and hasn't been submitted fully to God yet and uh, tempts us to be something slightly different. So we've got this freedom, but he's saying don't use this freedom as an opportunity just to live for yourself. But through love, serve one another. Now that's interesting to me because he's telling these people that they are free. We've been given freedom from all this stuff, and uh, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for yourself but through love serve one another now this is interesting the word serve there that's translated serve in the greek word it is doulos and that's often translated slave so can you see the sort of thing that paul was trying to do here he's saying you've got freedom but you've got to become a slave. <laughs> That's bizarre to me. Freedom, but become a slave. Well, who would, who would want to become a slave who's got freedom? Any hands up there? But the point where you become a slave is through love. You see, gentlemen, when you met that young girl that was going to become your wife, you fell in love with her, Yes? And so you will do anything she wants. Or maybe maybe not. Maybe not. But if she just nags you all the time, you feel like a slave, yes. But when you're serving out of love, it gives you fulfillment, yes. And you see what so that's how we become a slave. So through that love working within us. We're not going to use this freedom to help ourselves and please ourselves, but we're going to use this freedom to become a slave, to serve other people through love for one another. The whole law is filled up in this one word. Here's how you know that Paul was a preacher, because he says the whole law is filled up in one word, and then he uses seven words instead of one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jemmy, in a few minutes, is going to talk about that particular verse. So I'll say no more on that. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So he's saying, use this whole freedom of your God to serve each other. He goes on to say, I, I say, walk around in the spirit, and you will not complete. The fleshes or your own sinful desires. Walk around in the Spirit. You know, if the Holy Spirit is in you, I can trust, if you're walking around in the Holy Spirit, I can trust the Holy Spirit to speak to you and change your life. If I don't believe the Holy Spirit is in you, then I, try, I would have to try and control you and tell you what to do. That's called legalism. So when all the rules come from the outside and somebody's trying to tell you how to live all the time, it's because they don't believe the Holy Spirit is in you. Because if the Holy Spirit is in you, he's going to do a far better job than I will ever do. So my role as a pastor is not to make you feel condemned or feel worthless because we're not quite living up to the place where we think we could live up to, or you're not living to that rule or the next rule. My role is to help you to walk around in the Spirit and to trust the Spirit to work in your life to change you from the inside out. For the flesh desires are against the Spirit's desire and the Spirit against the flesh. These things oppose one another. You know, there's a battle going on in our life sometimes, isn't there? is not its it ourselves? Are we going to live for ourselves? Are we going to live for God? You ever feel in that place where you feel like there's a battle going on? Um, So these things oppose one another. Whether... So whatever you want, these things you don't do. Paul, Paul says that in another part of Scripture as well. He says, there's things I want to do, and I don't end up doing them. And there's other things I don't want to do, and I end up... Have you ever felt like that? I, I, I don't want to go mad at the kids today. I don't want to go mad, and you're, like, you're over breakfast, and you're like steaming already. And that battle is going on. Within us, and Paul recognises it, and we shouldn't ignore it, or we shouldn't feel condemned because it's there. But we can walk around in the Spirit, and uh, in in the Scripture there you'll find, and I haven't got time to read it all. Galatians five, you'll find a list of the works of the flesh: sexual immorality, fits of anger, all the different things. And it's not a complete list of the works of the flesh, okay? But as you look at the list, you will find there'll be some things that you think, oh, that's a bit in my life. And there'll be other things you think, oh, I'm not bothered by that. And you know, when we are not bothered by a sin, sometimes we can be very condemnatory on people who are bothered by that sin. But there's other sins that are not as bad that we're bothered by, but they're not quite as bad as them other ones. And we can sort of put up with them in our lives. I was reading through this, this list this week in a different translation. And one of the things that popped out to me was rivalries. That's a work of the flesh, to be in rival with somebody else. But another translated translation put it, um, uh, status-seeking. To be status-seeking. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're like me, but I, I like to have a bit of status sometimes. Do you, do you know what I mean? I got my, my bronze status through BA, bronze, but anyway. And, uh, you know, but when, when I, uh, I used to work with Mark to do a concert up in Alton Towers every year, and we had a backstage area. It wasn't in any great, it was just a big marquee. But in there, there was some food. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've got no friends. Nobody ever rings me on the phone. It just never happens. And suddenly, because I was in control of the VIP passes for the backstage area, leading up to the event, my phone was ringing off the hook. Hello, Billy. I haven't seen you for a while. It's good to see you. Oh, by the way, could I have a VIP pass? And there was something about me that also liked the status of being able to say no. No. I was in control, so I had, so we're all troubled by some of these things that we see there, and there's a battle going on, but the thing that the Spirit develops in us is called fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness or loyalty, gentleness, self-control. There's no such thing, there's no law against these things. You know, one thing I want to tell you is that these are not just natural giftings. You know I mean, some of you are better than others at being patient. Yeah, yes. You know I mean, my wife is so patient. That's probably because I've been in her life for a long time. <laughs> I am totally impatient. Do you know that little saying, Was it? Um, uh, uh, something we're British carry, keep, keep calm and carry on you're trying to tell a scotsman to keep calm i mean it just doesn't work and so these are not natural giftings these are these are something that god is building into our lives that supersede any natural gifting they're gradual they grow fruit grows over time yes you mean we're always looking for a shortcut i mean christians we're addicted to events And being zapped by the Holy Spirit, suddenly we're going to be different than we were yesterday. We're looking for deliverance. We're looking for breakthrough. It's all words to say, I don't don't want to be here. I want to be there. But I don't want to go through the process of being here to get to there. I just want God to do it for me. Now, he can do it. But I also believe he wants to take us through a process of changing us and changing our character and working with us, and creating that character within us. It's a gradual thing, but it's inevitable. When the Holy Spirit is working within you, it's inevitable that this fruit will grow. It won't just disappear. It happens internally. It's not pushed in from the outside. And I believe that God is not growing in ourselves one fruit. He's growing all the fruit in all the lives, all the time. How does he do that? What is our part in this? Well, I believe that Paul gives us so many great examples in a few verses of what our role in seeing the spirit grow fruit in our lives. Verse 16, and be up behind me. Walking in the spirit, being led by the spirit. If we live in the spirit, keeping step with the spirit, you get you get the gist? To be with the spirit. It's not going off by ourselves trying to be more patient. And failing, it's saying, God, I need you in my life. And I'm going to walk. You remember watching the Queen's um, funeral and they're pulling the carriage and all them sailors or whatever they were and they're walking down the street and the whole thing is going like, you remember? Okay, maybe just me, but the whole thing was like all in time, like hundreds and hundreds of people walking in step. And I believe that that's what the, we, we need to do with the Holy Spirit. So if we're out of step with the Holy Spirit, we. Uh, Fix it like start and look where he's going and be led by the Spirit. It's not about what we can do ourselves, it's what the Holy Spirit does within us. And he will grow as we submit ourselves to him. And as we are walking by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, lived by the Spirit, keeping step with the Spirit, we will bear the fruit of the Spirit. As I come towards a close, Sometimes the chapter uh, divisions in the Bible that we've got nowadays aren't helpful because you stop reading the chapter 5 and you read chapter 6 as though it's separate. But in the original, it was all just one letter. And so I believe that chapter 6 is talking so much about chapter 5. And Paul goes on to say, he says in um, chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, he says, Hey, when you're thinking about all this stuff and the fruit of the Spirit being grown up in your life, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap. And the one who sows to his own flesh and his own desires and what he wants himself will reap corruption. But the one who sows... To the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, the one who sows there will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So the Spirit wants to do an incredible work in your life. But it's up to you where you sow and you put your time and your effort and your opportunity for for God to work in your life. It depends where you sow your life. You've got a choice as to what you can do. And you know, the law of the farm is something that I believe is about growing fruit in your life. It's not the law of the cram. I've got two laws in my life. One of them is the law of the cram, and the other one is the law of the farm. You see, when I was at school and college, I... Wanted to pass exams. I thought the object of being in education was to pass exams. I got it wrong. It was to learn. You with me? And so all the time that I was given for private study when I was at Bible college, every evening from six o'clock to nine o'clock was private study. It was opportunity to get the Bible out, read God's word, study, think about what the lectures had said, and prepare and study so that you were learning for future life. Well, I missed the point. And when we were supposed to be doing private study, I was hanging out with my mates, not doing private study. But then what happened? The exam came around. Anybody ever been here? The exam's here, and I haven't really studied enough. So the night before, I get all the books out, and I spend till five o'clock in the morning reading everything I could, cramming it all into my head. So the exam started at nine o'clock. I would put it all down in paper and pass the, by the skin of my teeth, but I forgot it all. I hadn't learned a thing. I had passed the exam, but I hadn't learned a thing. That's the law of the crown. The law of the farm is you you tend the ground. You sow some seed in the right place. You water it. You tend it. You get the weeds out. You wait. God works. And fruit is grown in our lives. That's what we're about. Not, a crap, not passing an exam, not ticking a box, but letting the fruit of God's Spirit grow in our life. Amen? Amen. I'm going to now ask Jemmy to come and share. Please give her a warm welcome. <laughs> it's great to see her. Give her some encouragement. Thank you, Jemmy.